0: Hi, guys. Thanks for listening to Library Overload. This is Susie. And this is Tavia. We are coming to you from home on day 8027 of quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's been the
1: longest month ever, and it's like the fourth day. I know. But
0: as usual, you can find us on our blog. where libraryoverload.home.blog. I'll post every book that we talk about. And so if you're listening to us and you don't catch something, feel free to check that out. And then also we're on Instagram, Library Overload there.
1: Okay, today we are doing something super fun. I'm kind of very excited about. Are you? Are Shocking. you excited? Brand new information <laughs> for me to be excited. But this is pretty cool.
0: It is. It's super, it's super sweet. Yeah.
1: So, April the 2nd was National Children's Book Day. So, in honor of that, we're going to spend this episode talking about some of our childhood favorites.
0: I also have a few current books that are just so sweet and that cannot be missed. Because a lot of my favorite childhood books were like the Christian off-brand version of Babysitter's Club. Well, maybe somebody wants to to read about that. You never know. Well, if you're looking for a Christian version of Babysitter's Club, look up the Twelve Candles Club. Twelve Candles Club. Got it. Yes. (laughs) I wonder why Twelve Candles... I don't remember. I, maybe because they were all 12 years old. I can't, I can't remember. Are we leaving
1: 12-year-olds in charge of other humans now? They did back then. I mean, I was in charge of my sister at that yeah. age, but I think that was probably a lack of other options, not necessarily a willingness to trust my judgment. <laughs> we'll ask my mom about it.
0: <laughs> I, I very rarely babysat other people's kids. It was only just my brother.
1: Well, I guess I'll get started. Go. One of my most favorite things to read when I was a kid, and I actually still have the entire collection at my mom's house, and that was the Where the Sidewalk Ends series by Shel Silverstein, and if you guys don't know, it's been around for, like, 40 years or 50 years or something like that. Yeah. It's poems and drawings, and he's also the author of The Giving Tree, which... Is included in that collection. But I have all of them, like uh, Flowers in the Attic, Where the Sidewalk Ends, the whole collection of po- poetry books that he wrote. And they're just so much fun. They're a good way to, like, get kids involved in poetry and in just reading in general because they're so much fun. And they're mm-hmm. short stories and you can just read one or two at a time. And it, it's just, it's precious. And I still actually remember some of them to this day. Thank
0: you. You know, I never read anything by him, and so I didn't read The Giving Tree until just a few years ago. Oh, wow. And it ruined me.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, for such a short little book, it does some damage, but it's good.
0: I uh, hate it. Well,
1: the Where the Sidewalk Ends poetry series is not sad in any way. It's very humorous. One A poem is about a kid turning into a TV. One is about a girl who gets eaten by a whale. And so, you know, just that, that's, it's just fun. They're just really funny little poems. And I actually recently learned that he was a country music songwriter. I I learned that in that fantastic country music documentary (laughs) I watched. I believe that was on PBS. Um, Yeah, that's such
0: a random little tidbit of knowledge.
1: Yeah, yeah it's like so like these two things don't go together in my mind the author of these poems that I loved as a kid and then this guy that wrote these famous country music songs like for right. Johnny Cash it's just very very weird it is weird but like cool but like yeah. weird yeah but where the sidewalk ends like I said I have the whole collection at my mom's house still well unless she's gotten on a whim and throwing them away but, but I
0: loved 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 those books when I was a kid okay my first one is something that I read as a kid and I thought it was so sweet and I would always cry I've always been an emotional person that did not change as I get older like even okay. as a child I cried at everything I know um but uh The Velveteen Rabbit oh by Marjorie Williams Bianco is just the sweetest. And if you haven't heard of it or if you haven't read it, it's just, it's this little rabbit that so wants to be real and it doesn't understand why. It's a stuffed rabbit. It's not a real rabbit. But it just so wants to be real. And so it talks to the other toys and they all discuss how you become real through love and being loved and just all like kind of take in all of that love from your person and that's what makes you real and it's just so sweet emotionally destructive I know well it's you know it was written in 1922 wow it's so old I had no idea how old it was but it's adorable yeah it stands up sweet but, yeah, it's, it's a classic. Uh, the original story and illustrations first appeared in 1922, and it stands up. Oh. It's fantastic. It's so sweet. And I just, I think it's adorable. Oh. Like, it's just, it's just precious. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I'm going to talk about
1: a very prolific author, Beverly Cleary. Oh, Yes, yeah, she was one of my absolute favorites when I was younger, uh, specifically the Ramona books. So, like, the first one is Beezus and Ramona. Uh, there's also Ramona Quimbley, age eight, um, and, she, you know, it's it gets an extensive series, and they've made movies about it and stuff, but it's just about, the first one actually starts out, and it's kind of more about Beezus having to deal with her little sister, who is just kind of crazy for a four-year-old. And then it kind of progresses into being more about Ramona's story as she's kind of growing up a little bit. So those are super duper fun. They're good for, you know, they're good family, good kid books. Like for especially anyone with siblings, there's also shenanigans that are involved. And I do love me some shenanigans. (laughs) So, um, and then also by Beverly Cleary, this was one of my all time favorites as a kid. And that's The Mouse and the Motorcycle. It's where this little mouse named Ralph lives in a hotel, and he gets a motorcycle. And so he rides it all around, and he's just super cute, precious.
0: That's precious. Yes. Okay. My next, like, storybook is more modern. Uh, This one's called The Someone New, and this is written by Jill Twist. And it's about these uh, little creatures that live in this small area of the forest. It specifically follows Jitterbug the Chipmunk. What a precious name. It's so sweet. (laughs) So Jitterbug the Chipmunk is kind of like me. He's super um, kind of hyper-hyper. And very precise about very certain things. And all of a sudden, one day, Pudding, the snail, decides that he needs a new home. And so he comes over and asks if he can move into their little area of the forest. And Jitterbag is absolutely not. We can't have any new people here. It'll mess up everything. And so he makes Pudding leave. And he has to... he has to learn the lesson of sometimes someone new isn't necessarily bad, and it's just adorable. The illustrations are beautiful, it's just the most adorable thing ever. And I think that it would be perfect for someone that has a child and maybe is expecting another child Uh and maybe like your kid is worried about having a new baby Uh and all of that. I think it'd be precious or even if you're like moving, it's just a super sweet story about understanding that just because something is something new is happening doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad thing I need to read that I hate change I'm so difficult (laughs) it's adorable like I want to own it right now no children in my house but I need it like I well you do
1: love some children's books like you have your your Julie Andrews one
0: I do (laughs) <laughs> um, but no surprise there. I didn't know this, but Jill Twist is also the author of the book that I brought up during our LGBTQ episode, A Day in the Life of Marlon Bundo. Oh <gasps> she's the same author. So she's uh so Marlon Bundo is a bunny that wants to get married to another boy bunny and they find out that a lot of people don't think that that's okay and how they manage that. And it's such a sweet story. And a hundred percent of the proceeds of that book went to the Trevor project and AIDS United and so sweet. So awesome. So it's no wonder that I love them both. Apparently Mm -hmm. that author is just amazing. She speaks to you. Yes, she is my people, Uh, but it's, it's, absolutely adorable even the cover is just it's what got me to pick it up the cover is just so eye-catching so sweet You gotta check it out it's adorable that is
1: awesome super awesome i like little forest critters me too um along the same lines as as beverly cleary i also loved extensively especially when i was getting a little bit pre-teenish judy bloom
0: I was going to ask if you were going to bring her up.
1: Yes. Yes. Are you there God? It's me Margaret was one of my all-time favorites. It's just so perfect for you know like preteen girls. It it, it like it's just written by them for them or, like I mean it's not but it just speaks to them on such a level. And it did me. Like, it's just completely perfect for that age group and what they're going through and and getting your first periods and having to wear a bra for the first time. And, you know, it's just perfect for girls of that age. Um, I, I don't know if boys have anything similar that, that is about that age. Uh, having never been uh, a young man, I don't know. <laughs>
0: I'm <laughs> glad that you, you clarified that. Thank
1: you. Yes, yes. Having having never been a young boy, I was never privy to that sort of information. <laughs> but Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. And then also Tells of a Fourth Grade Nothing was one of my favorites of hers, too. Oh,
0: I've never heard of that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just along the same, the same vein of, you know, 10, 11, 12-year-old girls growing up being girls talking about boys and you know and life going
0: going through all those changes yes but like (laughs) I mean to have a book
1: that you can relate to like we talk about how representation matters and then at an early age that's something that you didn't realize was happening but was just definitely very important for me as a young reader
0: yeah for sure okay my next one is Harriet the Spy. I loved Harriet the Spy. Right? Yes. She she made me feel normal because I was such a nosy kid and but to her it was observations yes. and detective work. Um so that's by Louise Fitzhugh. And this is kind of old too, but this is just so cool because Harriet the Spy has a secret notebook that she writes down all of her very honest feelings about everyone, her parents, classmates, neighbors. She goes on a spy route, so she observes everything. She's not nosy. She observes, and she writes down everything that's to, that's important to anything. And one day, her schoolmates find that notebook, and it's terrible. Aww. But it's so good. Everything is so dramatic when you're younger, too. Oh, yeah. I think that's why it spoke to me. (laughs) Because you've always (laughs) been a person with the flair for the dramatic? Always. Even now. That's so funny. But yeah, I just, I loved it so much. I even loved the movie adaptation, I thought it was fantastic. With Rosie O'Donnell. Yes, she was so good. But yeah, Yeah, I I remember watching that. Yeah. I loved it. I loved the book. I would actually love to pick the book back up again. I haven't read it since I was a kid. Uh I'd love to see kind of how it holds up. But yeah, I just, I think it's so sweet. I think, um, I think that everything Harriet writes down and in her observations and stuff is everything that we all, everything that we think and would put in a diary. But what happens when people find it and things like, and how she kind of deals with their anger and their retaliation for what she thinks. It's kind of a, it's a learning experience for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I just, I think it's, it's so sweet. I loved it so much.
1: That The truth is, is not always
0: the best thing to tell people. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes you can think something, but that doesn't make it true. It doesn't make it Right. It doesn't like it's, yeah. Sometimes one, I don't remember where I heard this, but I read somewhere that the first thought that pops into your head is the one you were taught to have. But the second thought that comes into your head is what you actually feel. Oh, interesting. I've always really loved that, um, especially from how I was raised and things like that. Sometimes I'll still have that first like knee-jerk reaction of judgment or Mm -hmm. um, something along those lines. And then I have to be like, no, no, this is how I, that's not how I really think. That's just kind of ingrained in me. Yeah. Um, And so I've always really loved that. And I think it pertains to Miss Harriet. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm
1: I like it. I like it. I like it. Okay. Well, I'm going to talk about some of the, Typical ones that you know we've talked about before, the Babysitters Club by Ann M. Martin. I devoured those as a child. I had all of them. I loved them, and the Boxcar Children by Gertrude Chandler Warner, along the same lines. Just I loved the Boxcar Children. Yes, early chapter books that are just perfect for young adults.
0: I'd say even younger.
1: Well, adolescence.
0: Yeah, I would say like 8 to 10.
1: Yeah. I, I would pick- actually like to go back and reread some just to see how they are as an adult person.
0: I read them maybe a year or so ago. I just read the first really? book of the series uh-huh. and it literally it took me half an hour to read the whole book. Wow. The the sentence structure is so basic. Uh-huh. It's like, it was, it, that's why I said, like, an eight-year-old could read them, because yeah. it's so simple, the sentences are very easy to read, um, mm-hmm. they don't have a ton of information in them, like, it's just very much like, um, uh, like, Bill went to get the ball, Bill picked up the ball like it's just right like, super basic and it's almost like wow like I don't know if kids these days would enjoy that um I don't but, know, I, but I, I loved, loved them I loved them yeah two
1: of the series that really started my love of reading just because I guess they were easier to understand at that point and mm-hmm. you know yeah
0: it, like learning how to read with those would be perfect yeah. Yeah. Um, and
1: I just so loved them. They were just yeah. so much they, fun.
0: They were so sweet. And there was always a mystery to solve. Mm-hmm. So good. I loved mysteries.
1: Yes. And then also Goosebumps by R.L. Stein. I flew through that series. And I remember when I was in like sixth, seventh grade, at first, they weren't on the accelerated reader programs because they were like, I don't know, just coming to my town or just coming out. I don't know. But then they
0: finally put them on there, and I, like, flew through them, and I loved them. I loved them, too. Even though they would scare me to death and I wouldn't be able to sleep and like, sleep with a light <laughs> off. Like, I loved them, especially the ones where you choose your own adventure. Yes. And those were my favorite. Those are good. I For some
1: reason, they never scared me like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't afraid of them. Well, but that's I, good. Yes, I do remember in one book in particular, this ghost carves his name on the windowsill at this house, and so in my head, I was like, oh, that's cool, and so I carved my name on my windowsill, and my mom is still mad about it to this day, because it's still there in their house. (laughs) Yeah, mom, sorry, mom, she was not happy, but I thought it was so cool, I was doing what the character of the book was doing. (laughs) oh my gosh yeah so don't like i put tavia tavia parton that was my maiden name tavia parton was here (laughs) yeah that's that's amazing (laughs) yes this is super super fun uh
0: mom did not care for it at all (laughs) that's funny yeah I could just imagine her not being (laughs) pleased with you
1: yeah um I think it's still there they probably have painted over it and stuff so you can't see it or maybe even they've redecorated and replaced it but it was there for quite some time
0: that's awesome
1: (laughs) but yeah that was super fun don't have to do everything you see or you read in a book (laughs)
0: do it it's fine just do it <laughs> I
1: was like oh this is so cool in a hundred years someone will see this <laughs> oh
0: my gosh yes <laughs> no <My God. laughs> okay in prepping for this episode I was curious about if Chris had any really cute books as a child that he loved because he's not much of a reader and he said the only one that he really, really loved was this series called Hank the Cow dog by John R. Erickson. Have you oh, heard of this? No. Okay. It's adorable. So Hank the Cow dog is a dog that lives on a ranch. And he considers himself... The head of ranch security. Oh, yes. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so in the first book of the series, it's called The Original Adventures of Hank the Cow Dog, There's a series of murders on the ranch, and Hank needs to solve them. Well, at one point, Hank becomes a suspect. And oh, no. I know. And because of this terrible thing that's happened he decides to go ahead and uh, retire and become an outlaw because he doesn't remember murdering these these animals but apparently he did because he's the main suspect and he becomes an outlaw and it just it seems adorable And I was like, why did you never tell me about Hank the cow dog? He is so precious. That (laughs) is precious. Yes. It seems so cute. He loved them. It sounds like something a little boy would really love. Like, I mean, I probably would have loved them too. But it definitely sounds like a Chris kind of book. Super sweet, though. It's on a ranch. There's cattle. So you learn all about the different kinds of animals. It just sounds so, so cute.
1: It reminds me of this thing I saw the other day as I was scrolling through the interwebs. It was a a sheepdog that had fallen asleep on top of his flock of sheep. Like, after he herded them, he climbed on top of them and took a nap on their roof. (laughs) Oh, my
0: gosh. That's so cute. Isn't it? It was precious. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's precious. Yes. Well, the
1: last one that I have on my list is one that is so near and dear to my heart that it like it's one that my grandmother used to read to me Aww. and she still has the book that she read to me like it's falling apart because you know at this point it's like 97 years old but it was miss susie and this is by miriam young and it's about miss susie the squirrel <gasps> and she lives in a tree and one day, these red squirrels come, and they're really mean, and they they kick her out of her house. So she goes and tries to find somewhere else to live, and she finds a dollhouse. And in the dollhouse, there are all these toy soldiers who are super brave, and she cooks for them, and they help her, and then they help her go back and get her home back, because she misses her tree, oh.
0: and it's precious! That sounds
1: adorable. I've never yes. heard of that. You know, I, I should have looked. I don't know. It's it's quite old i don't know if it was written in the 80s when i was when it was read to me but is the it book Su- is s u s um, S-U-Z-Y.
0: susie maryam young
1: and it is a picture book it's a young you know very short tiny little picture book but one of if not my most treasured book from childhood just because Of my very special, wonderful grandmother who read it to me. And she still has it. Like she's, she has that book that she read to me when I was a baby. And she read it to my nephews, And she read it to my sister. And it's just like this treasured thing that like, you know, deserves to be in a museum or something. Because it was just so special to me.
0: That's adorable. So it looks like it was published in 1964. Nice. I wonder
1: if I wonder if she had it and read it to my mom I never had heard that I, I, so mom you'll have to cute. let me know
0: did she read it to you when you were younger <laughs> mom could you let us know please thanks
1: yes you know my mom listens so I know that she will
0: <laughs> she will answer that query with the quickness that is so so precious yeah um, I, I, I totally understand that like love of actually like she still has that book um I Uh, When my grandmother passed away, I got, um, I asked, the only thing I asked for was her books. And so I got all of her books, just a ton of them. And um, there's a huge stack of my golden books that I had as a baby, like old golden books. And it's just, it's so precious to me. Like, I don't have like a strong affiliation with them because you know, they're just like spot the dog and things like that. But like just the fact that she read them to me, totally get it.
1: Yeah. This one is, there's so many memories tied up with it too. Like I was the first grandchild. So my grandma and I spent a lot of time together when I was little and she's just so precious to me. And so this book that she read to me, I mean, it's not, it's nothing special. Like as in a literature you know, Nobel prize winning thing, but it's just, I don't know the memories that I have with my grandma reading it to me are so precious. And like I said, she has it, the bindings coming off, it's falling apart, but it's like, I, I hope that I get to own it one day. It's just that precious to me. It will go in a place of honor.
0: I totally get it. And I think moments like that are what shape readers like us. Yes. Like if we didn't have someone that that would read to us and spend that time with us kind of formulating that love of reading that's that's the time that you need it the most yes and I know that we're big book
1: people so I know this is no surprise but I think reading to children is just one of the most important things that you can do especially when they're you know three four five when they're in that age range reading to them is just one of the most important things that you can do with them because not only it helps them develop but it's just this connection that you have that you get that
0: special time and i think it's just so so important one of my most favorite pictures that i have on my shelf is me i have to be three maybe and my grandma is reading to me and she's making the funny faces Aww. and I just know that she's doing the voices and I'm just so interested in it and it's it's adorable it's on her old couch like <laughs> and it's just like that's grandma's house like Aww. and it's just perfect It is awesome okay my next one I have two more okay. my next one is one that I know that I've mentioned this before, but in fifth grade, uh, my teacher Mrs. Hane, she made fifth grade into Fifthville. It was like a little it was like a little town, and she was the mayor of Fifthville, and she always read to us. And so whenever I see this book, I always think of Fifthville. But it's My Side of the Mountain by Jean Craighead George. I think I've I've read that one. I think it may, I believe it's still on reading lists to this day. I had a pretty spectacular fifth
1: grade teacher myself.
0: What is it about fifth grade? I don't know. But, so this is about a young boy that, you know, every kid always thinks at one point or another that they're going to run away from home. They have had it. They're running away. They're going to live in the woods and everything will be fine.
1: Children
0: so really don't think this through. <laughs> well, Sam decides that this is it. I'm running away. I'm going to live in the woods. And he does. So he lives up in New York. And he gets all the way to the end of the block and keeps going. So he goes all the way to the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York. There he sets up a house and a little hollowed out tree. He has friends, a falcon and a weasel, and um, hysterically though, the only things that he brings with him is a little pocket knife, so a ball of cord, forty dollars, and flint and steel. So at you least know, he uh, has. Go ahead. At least he has the flint and steel, so he can <laughs> actually build him a little fire. Yes. And he's got a little pocket knife, but other than that. <laughs> brought <laughs> you know as an adult the
1: only thing I keep thinking of is his poor parents <laughs> I know I know it's like but it you know you're old when you start relating with the parents and the stories like the little mermaid I'm only 16 I'm not a child yes yes you are you are still a child go back May- to your maybe place.
0: not in the mer world you don't know no she's still a child <laughs> I assure you <laughs> But yeah, so Sam lives in the woods for a year, and you just kind of see his adventures. He, um, he starts whittling fish hooks so he can go fishing, and he befriends raccoons. And it's just a whole lot of, like, what if one day you actually ran away? Like, how would it go? And it's just, it's really sweet. Um, I had a, when I was working at the bookstore, I had a guy come in and ask, like, what would my nine-year-old son like to read? And I was like, I've got it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought, I thought it was so sweet. I thought it was great for both boys and girls. They both would really enjoy it. But yeah, I just, I thought it was really sweet. I thought it was really entertaining. Um, I
1: triggered a memory that I had forgotten about, uh, a book that I had forgotten about, Tuck Everlasting. It was one that yeah. I loved as well. And it, I guess kind of along the same
0: age range.
1: And I really
0: enjoyed that. And Tuck Everlasting is by Natalie Babbitt. I do. I never read it. I saw the movie, but mm-hmm. I never read.
1: Yeah, the movie with Alexis Bledel. Yeah. Yeah, I read the book. I believe I read it around the fifth grade era of my life. Um, I
0: didn't know it was. Yeah, it can be considered middle grade. Hmm. Oh, I just remembered another book that I didn't write down. Bridge to Terabithia.
1: I never read that one. I saw it when I was researching slash Googling this episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't read it as a kid. So I think, I think that the love of this book has a lot to do with nostalgia. Because mm-hmm. I didn't read it until a few years ago. I thought it was good. I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was more sad than anything else and a lot of people are like oh my god this book is so good and I'm like it was fine (laughs) yeah
1: childhood favorite books like we were talking about Amiga, they probably don't hold up as an adult person mm -hmm. but they're just they bring you back to a time when things were easier and simpler and you know we all need a little bit of that right now
0: absolutely homes So my last book that I'll talk about is another series. And I know that I've mentioned this a ton, but it's, like, so precious that I'm going to keep talking about it. So mm. Uh, this is How to Train Your Dragon by Cressida Cowell. Um, I'm a gigantic How to Train Your Dragon fan. Like, I love the movies so, so much. When I saw the third one, it was the final movie and I cried the entire way home because I was just so sad that it was over it was fantastic but like I was just so devastated that it was over like no more but so this follows Hiccup now the books are total opposite of the movies so be forewarned if you go into these thinking that oh it's going to be just like the movies Mm -mm. it's very different but super adorable like so Hiccup, Horrendous Haddock the is now this huge Viking, and he's um they call him the Dragon Whisperer, and he's now the leader of their little town, but these books are him as a child explaining how he trained his, how he trained his dragon, how he made it um, made it so his dragon didn't tear him to shreds before no. they became friends, and so he even has like little drawings in his books, mm-hmm. like little child like drawings yeah. of like how he trained, um, how he trains Toothless, and mm-hmm. just all that stuff. And it's just, it's adorable. I guess my day, my word of the day is adorable, but it was just well when you're so talking precious. about children's books, true, you, you know, true. But yes, it's so sweet. Like we own, I think we own one through eight now, and I think there are twelve. So I need I need to finish them out because they're just so so sweet. Like you can kind of just thumb through, mm-hmm. and there's just these cute little drawings in them. They're not like illustrated books; like they're mm-hmm. more middle grade, but it's just so so cute. And like each one is uh, Hiccup is a little bit older, and he's mm-hmm. growing up with with Toothless uh-huh. instead of like instead of living in a world where they're enemies and things like in that. A world. <laughs> um, but it's more like Hiccup and Toothless grow up together, oh. and so it is. It's very different in that regard, and it's so sweet. That's I precious. love it. Love I- it. I have a really terrible memory. So
1: as the conversation has progressed, I have remembered some more things. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to love The Secret Garden and The Little Princess.
0: I've never by... read The Secret Garden.
1: You should. Those are both by Frances something.
0: Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. I'm there. I'm there. Hold on. Internet, don't fail me now. Okay. <laughs> Frances Hodgson Burnett. I, I was gonna say Hodgson
1: Burnett, but
0: Hodgson. That's right. Okay. H O D G S O N. Yes, you're right. Yeah.
1: Um but I loved those kind of you know, fairy tale little stories that little girls dream about, finding a secret garden that's just yours or, you know, being like the princess of the of the whatever. Um, those were just lots of fun. And also books that we have talked about before that would be good for kids now. Uh, the Last Apprentice series is a middle grade.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we've talked about that before. He, uh, he's the seventh son of the seventh son. And he goes to train to be the spook, which is the guy that gets rid of all of the spooky, scary stuff. Um, do you remember the name of the author of that one?
0: Hold, oh, please. Joseph. Delaney, I think. Hold on. The Last Apprentice. Joseph Delaney. Nice. Nice. And then I know Bella,
1: um, my stepdaughter, she loves The Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Or she did when she was a little bit younger. So that's something that's really, really big.
0: And I think that's a great, like, segue from – Maybe, like, picture books and little kids books into more of a middle grade. I think that's a great way to yeah. kind of bridge them in. Um, also, Percy Jackson the and the Olympians. Yes. So good. Yes. And are we going to talk
1: about the the middle grade?
0: I don't even know if people even know about that book. I, I don't know. I mean, have you guys heard of a book called Harry Potter? I, I don't. I mean, it's like a boy boy wizard. I mean, he lived under a staircase, so maybe not a lot of people heard. Yeah, it's I feel really bad for the author because no one's
1: like, yes, no one's really a, talking about her. It is not artwork. a well-known
0: series at all. Yeah, she definitely wasn't one of the first female billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> um, But no, Harry Potter, like please, please pass this on to your children. Yes. <laughs> like, yes, please do. And the illustrated books are fantastic to read. I have read three again. of them. I think three years. all...
1: No, I have four of them. You
0: have four, yeah. Yes,
1: four of them is all that are out right
0: now. Right. They so normally come out every year in October or November, but Goblet of Fire was so much bigger that it took two years to come out, so it might be every two years now, because you know, the books just get bigger and bigger. Yes. So, I'm very sad about that, but... Yes, I have all four of the illustrated ones as well. They are magnificent. Love so them. gorgeous. Loved, loved, loved them. So beautiful. But yes, Harry Potter, everything. All day, every Yes, day. Yes. Well, that was, that was
1: fun. I enjoyed that. That was fun. Trip down memory lane. Kind of a, an escape from the perils of adulthood. Have we told everybody what our Hogwarts houses are? I don't think so, but I am a Ravenclaw. Shocking no one.
0: I know. And then I don't think mine is very shocking either. I'm a Hufflepuff. Like, I'm like Phoebe. I'm wonderfully weird. hmm And so I feel like Hufflepuff is, like, makes so much sense. Yeah,
1: Ravenclaw makes the most sense for me, too. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband is
0: a Gryffindor, but I think he faked it, and he should secretly be in Slytherin. I t- completely agree. Chris is a Gryffindor, and I do agree with that. Nice oh harry potter well what are you doing during quarantine let's catch up i have been cooking a lot and uh chris and i set up we have been like fixing up our back deck i got a hammock i've got a raised garden uh we got a couple of chairs and a grill and i so got we're some gonna... seats this week to get
1: some stuff going i yes excited.
0: So we're hoping to get a nice little oasis in our uh, on the back deck, so we have like an extension of our house, and so we can go outside and just relax. And we've got a beautiful view yes. back there. And yeah, I, I love our backyard.
1: It's mm-hmm. it's nice, and I like to be out there with with Portia. Um, yeah, she likes it when we're out there. But it's it's a very nice place to get away from being stuck inside all the mm-hmm. time. Because you know we're all at home. We're, yeah. you know, stuck here. So at least you can travel to your backyard um,
0: oasis
1: <laughs> and pretend like you're going somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yesterday, I watched. Um, I watched some kids playing fetch, and so like kids just don't so- play fetch. Are you talking about catch? <laughs> Let me try that again. That was two sentences. <laughs> okay. First, I watched a family play fetch with their dog. Okay. And then I watched some kids playing catch. <laughs> I really want to leave all of that in there. I don't want to cut that out. <laughs> that was spectacular. Fine.
1: It was like last week when I was smoking.
0: but no like it's been really cool just seeing how many people are outside right now because there's literally nothing else for us to do so yeah I've enjoyed kind of seeing what everyone's been doing out back like I live in an apartment community and so but the little corner that I'm in like behind all of our buildings, this this huge open area that's beautiful, and so people will go out there. And we've got some other people that have dogs, and we let our dogs play all together. And like I know all the dogs' name, but not the owners' names. That's how <laughs> I roll. But yeah, I it's been it's been going okay. My Tavia and her husband brought us donuts one night. Yes, we
1: did a drive-by safe social distancing
0: donut (laughs) delivery
1: because we were really sad and we wanted to get out. So we got a donut for each one of our friends and we took it to their house and we stayed a respectable distance away from everyone. But we like chatted from six feet away and just got out and it
0: was nice to just see people. Yes. (laughs) People or not, I miss people. I know I was I was struggling last week with seeing without seeing people but one day my mom stopped by to bring us some eggs she has chickens and so she brought us some eggs and I made her (laughs) we sat outside six feet apart and talked for like two hours and I was just like you can stay you can stay and talk to me (laughs) I'm really bored. And so she stayed for a while and then the next yeah. day you and Daniel came over. So yeah, it's been it's been nice to t- like actually see people, even yes. if we have to stay apart. And then guys, yesterday
1: my dear friend Susie, who is a <laughs> hella good baker, brought us a strawberry tart that she made. Yes, yeah, so a quarantine baking for the win. Thank you. Thank it you. It was so good. So I fully expect dessert deliveries to continue to be a thing. Could everyone just deliver
0: desserts to your friends? Yeah, I mean, you know, people like desserts. People like Mm. friends. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, what's not to like? Yes, I think it's a perfect idea. Yeah. Hey, way to go us for getting through this episode without going on such a long tangent. Yeah, I know. Last week we kind of like went down the rabbit hole
1: after Alice.
0: That's okay. It's okay. We did good this time. There yeah. you go. Us. Yes. But yes, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy,
1: read to your kids,
0: from, stay away from people, except your kids. Like yes, so no, take care of them.
1: But celebrate child literature and and children's literature and read to them.
0: Yes. In with, honor of with that. funny voices. Yes, it's the best when you do the voices. Oh my gosh, I sat and watched Josh Gad read children's books for probably half an hour one night he's been just randomly doing like uh, a full-on readings of children's books he did like fantastic voices i want him to adopt me and read to me every night
1: you are a grown person and thus no longer adoptable
0: uh that's not for you to decide
1: okay also, David Tennant reads a book about a unicorn on the internet, on the web somewhere. I didn't
0: know about that. Scottish race. Yes. Yes, yeah, please. And then we, of course, have Samuel L. Jackson reading Stay the F at Home.
1: That was hysterical. But also, I, celebrities reading books. Um, Llama Llama Red Pajama. What is his name? I don't know. The rap, there's a rapper and he raps raps Llama Llama Red Pajama and it's hysterical. (laughs) I forgot about that. Yes,
0: I love it. So, you guys go check that out. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I love that there's been authors and celebrities have gone out. Like Jennifer Garner has been killing it. They've been reading children's books online and I'm like, I am here for it. Read to me all the time. I'm not lying. I watched Josh Gad read a book called The Day the Crayons Quit. And he did a different accent for each different color crayon. That's amazing. I'm going to have to look this up. No, it's fantastic.
1: I'm loving seeing the way that different people are coping and making this work and coming up with creative ways to still do amazing things and be connected. Cause you know, like literally the entire world is in this together right now. Yeah. like This is a common problem. Um, yeah, and, and just seeing the way people are coming together virtually is yeah. lots and lots of fun. And I just love it. I'm here for yeah. it.
0: Yeah. I um, I've loved it too. Like I've got, I've got a few people that I on the regular now FaceTime, whereas I never really did before. Last Mm -hmm. night, so Chris is not an iPhone person because he's a weirdo. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm a big iPhone person, so I have an iPad. I have an iPhone. And last night, Chris's friends wanted to do a virtual meetup and have some drinks and talk like they normally would on a Saturday night in a bar somewhere. And they ended up on that FaceTime for four Mm -hmm. hours. My battery was dead. (laughs)
1: That's hilarious. I've been skyping with my mom and my sister and my nephews, and last night, um, or, or FaceTiming and I got to watch them make volcanoes last night. Um, I
0: never got to make a volcano with my nephew
1: and my niece. And so they like my, my mom has the sand pit in her backyard, and so they dug in the sand and they put a glass of vinegar down, and they each had put different colored dyes in their vinegar. Um, my three, I have three nephews and one niece. And because my sister recently got married, so I have new nephews and nieces, and it's very exciting. Um, <laughs> but then they put baking soda in them, and so the colored dye foams up, and it was like a real volcano, and they loved it. And I loved of getting course. to be a part of it, even though I'm so far away, and we're stuck in our houses. I still got to be a part of it.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I serious. never got to make a volcano. You
1: I never did either. Make one. Yeah, I never did that as a kid, but I mean, I played outside, so <laughs> you're so... You didn't have to entertain me too, too much. All right, guys. Yes. Until next time, we will bid you adieu.
0: (laughs) So long. Farewell. All right. Bye. Bye, guys.